All right. Hey, how many of you grew up in a house like mine where you charted the height, your parents charted your height, and you had that, you know, you had the whatever door frame it was, and then they would mark it, and every six months or something, you would, you would mark it off. How many of you, anybody, did, okay, a lot of you. So we did that in our house too. And so I was all excited because I thought for sure, my, I put all my hope in this one thing that I was going to be six feet tall. I mean, I just put everything in that and I was so excited, you know, and then you get like eighth grade or ninth grade. Like I passed my mom, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm taller. You know, remember that I'm taller than you mom. And then, and then about 10th grade, I passed my dad. And I'm like, you know, my dad was like five, nine, five, ten. So I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to, I'm definitely going to hit six foot. I did a screeching halt at like five foot. 10 and three quarters or just five eleven. I mean, just a screech. I just couldn't go. So now both my boys are like six, two. So I'm vicariously living through, uh, you know, my, my boys now. And, and, and I just, I just screech. So all my hopes and dreams are shattered now. I just, so it's just, it's, it's, it's just done. I'm going to stay the site. So now what we do is we have a chart at our house. I see how shorter I'm getting now, the older I'm getting, right? You just, uh, you know how that is. Like my grandfather, Gerace, just a beautiful Italian man. He just got shorter and shorter. He just, and, you know, he just, when he'd hug you, he'd come in like this. And, you know, and I'm, so I have a lot to look forward to in my aging years. We are, there's so many things, I think, in this world that we put our hope in um, that just don't seem to turn out. And, and, I, and I, think, I think the longer we live, the more we realize that this world is fleeting and, and that when we put our hope in the things of this world, it's, it's, it's easy just to, just to uh, put all our eggs in one basket. And then when things don't work out, we're like, you know, we, we can easily lose hope. And the one thing that I love about the word of God and our relationship with Christ Jesus is that no matter what happens in this world, no matter whether or not we're six feet tall or not, our hope isn't in those things. Our hope is in the one who conquered this world for us. And, and it gives us a different perspective about life. And, you know, there, it, it's interesting. If we ask ourselves, what is hope? There, there are some interesting definitions of hope. One, one definition of hope is, is hope is an optimistic state of mind that is based on an expectation of positive outcomes with respect to events and circumstances in one's life or or of the world at large, or it's, it's this feeling of, of expectation and a desire for certain things to happen. Now we have to understand that what we put our hope in will determine the course of our lives. What, what really, what we put our hope in will realistically determine that really the course of our lives. So, so our hope is determined by what we're actually living for. And so that, that's the question you need to ask yourself. What, what am I really living for? And I can tell you what you put your hope in by simply how you're living your lives now and what you're living for and, and hoping that these things will work out in our lives. We can put our hope in money. We can put our hope in our children. We can put our hope in our marriages. We can put our hope in our jobs. But the challenge is this. The challenge for us is this, is when we put our hope in these things, and when we realize that these things ultimately cannot deliver what they seem to promise. And when those things are stripped away, how do we deal with it? How do we deal with life? Because most of our hope, if we're honest with ourselves, is really wishful thinking. 
You know, I, I hope that this thing works out. We, we, we hope for something good will happen. I, you know, I, I hope, wishful thinking, that the Bills will one day eventually win a Super Bowl, right? I mean, that's just wishful thinking. You had four shots at it. Come on, give me a break, right? Um, so, you know, it's this wishful thinking. But when, but when the Bible speaks about hope, it's not wishful thinking or uncertainty. It, it's, not a, it's not a blind leap of faith. And so let me give you the biblical understanding of hope. And, and I hope that this will revolutionize the way, the way you think about life and the, and, the way, and the way maybe you're putting your hope in things that, that, that can't deliver and, and giving us a, a realistic expectation about life. Um, because I think that's the problem that we have in life is we put our expectations in things and then when they don't deliver, we're like, well, what happened? And the thing that Jesus always said to us, he says, listen, in this world, you will have tribulations and trials, but take heart, I've overcome the world. We're, we're not to put our hope in the things that we see here in this world. But how many know I'm like this? We so easily do that. And we're not promised tomorrow. But yet we live our lives that way so many times. But a biblical hope, listen to me, a biblical hope is a certainty that God will work all things for his good. It's not this wishful thinking, but it's a certainty that I know that I know that I know that God is working all things for his good. For those that have been called according to his purpose. So now I have a different understanding that, that I, don't put my, I don't put this wishful thinking in things that I hope that work out. But even in the uncertainty of life and the difficult things that I'm going through, I can have this certainty and I can have this overwhelming confidence that God is working out all things for his good. So what makes biblical hope different from this wishful thinking is faith. See, biblical hope is based on faith in God who was certain and never changes. So there's the difference from wishful thinking of, I hope this thing works out to an actual biblical hope where I'm putting my faith in God who was certain and who never changes. That's why the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews 11, one, he says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. So our hope is actually based in a certain in a certain future that God has prepared for us. So hope that is based on faith gives us the ability to endure life's ups and downs. Because just like on a roller coaster ride, when you're cranking up, you know you're like, okay. Have you ever read the Jackrabbit, which is the best roller coaster in the world? You know, you ride the Jackrabbit at Sea Breeze and you're crazy. Remember, remember as a kid when you first wrote it? I was terrified of that thing when I was younger. And I was like, I got to get the guts to do it. I got to, I got to. And I remember the first time I went and that a- anticipation where you're just, is this whole thing going to crash? How old is this thing? It's all wood. It's, you know, it's just, I'm looking over the side. There's like duct tape holding the thing together, right? And you're just wires and you're like, and you're cranking up and you're like, and that anticipate, you know that down's going to come, right? And then you go down, then you go back up. See, the thing about biblical hope is that, is that a biblical hope will endure the ups and downs in life because you know they're coming. You, you know you're going to have mountain times and you know you're going to be times where you're going to be walking in the deepest, darkest valleys. 
but it's not without hope. Do, do, do you see the difference? The difference in a biblical hope when we put our trust in, in Christ is that we know we're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death at times. We know we're going to be in green pastures at times. But that, that doesn't mean that we have to lose hope because our hope is in something bigger than our circumstances. So a hope that is based in faith gives us the ability to endure all those ups and downs. So, so, so we've been studying line by line uh, Romans chapter 8. And I love this chapter because it's really the go-to chapter for encouragement. So whether you're, you're new here, you're new to Christianity, and you're, you're maybe just checking it out and you're trying to figure all this stuff out, Romans chapter 8 is a great chapter to help us give us a great understanding of God and who he is and the hope that we have in Christ. If you've been a follower for a long time, uh, th- this just helps us uh, to, to, to reevaluate our lives and, and to understand that in Christ there is no condemnation, that we have our confidence in God, and we need to remind ourselves, even if we've been serving God for a long time, serving Christ for a long time, how many of us need constant reminders that God is in control? And so Romans chapter 8 just gives us that reminder again that God is in control and that he's working things for our good. So today, I want to look at Romans chapter 8, verses uh, 18 through 25. And so if you've got your Bibles, you can look up at the screens, uh, the Bibles in the seats in front of you. If you don't have one, that's our gift to you. If you don't have a Bible, please take that. That's our gift to you. But I want to dig into um, Paul and, and the title I like here in this section of verse 18 in the NIV translation, New International Version, it, it says, Future Glory. I like that title. Future Glory. There's this future glory that, that we can anticipate as followers of Jesus Christ, even in the midst of suffering. So what Paul does here, what Paul's going to do here, he's going to give us a realistic understanding of what's going to happen in our future. That even though you're going through this thing now, I want to remind you that there's this future glory, there's this thing that's waiting for us that we can anticipate and know that God is working for our best. Amen? So this, this is exciting. So I hope you get excited with me, nine o'clock crowd. So let's look, at, let's look at verse 18. It says, Paul says, I consider that our present, what? what suffering, okay? So we know Paul, shipwrecked, beaten almost to death, stoned, All this other stuff, Paul went through horrific things in his life. Paul says, I consider our present suffering, including all of us, are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And then he goes on to talk about creation. Creation waits eagerly the expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration. We're going to dig into that. Not by its own choice, but by the one by, by the will of the one subject to it and hope that the creation ex- itself will be liberated from its bondage and decay and brought into glorious freedom of the children of God. He says, and we know, everybody say, we know, we know, this is good. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pain of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, we have this first fruit of the spirit, which groans inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoptions as son, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, we were saved. But hope 
that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they have already or for what it has already has? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it. Everybody say it patiently. That's, that's not a good word, is it? Patiently. That's the hard thing. We wait for it patiently. So let's, let's dig into what Paul says here. Paul tells us in these verses that hope is hard to come by if you look at the world in that we live in now for this reason. The world we live in now is tainted. It's not what it's supposed to be. It's been tainted because of sin. He says in verse 20 that creation was subject to this frustration. So what happened to our world that caused us to live with this frustration? Why don't things tend to work out the way I want them to? Why? Right? We all are frustrated at times. Like, man, we, we hope for this thing and then, and then this thing happens and then... We get over this little mountain and then, and then we, th- th- this thing smacks us in the face. Why is there so much frustration? And I, and I want you to know that, that the reason for this is we can trace it all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden. And we see that in the book of Genesis right at the beginning. The garden was perfect. Everything was in order. By their choice to rebel against God, they were cast out of that perfect order. And God will restore all those things to us in the future. But the earth and man were tainted. We grow old. Our bodies break down. uh, We can't do the things we used to do. Can I get an amen from some of you out there, right? How many remember when you could do the things you used to do and you think you can still do the things you used to do until you wake up the next day and you're like, I can't do those things anymore, right? You think it. It was like when I played, <laughs> that was the biggest mistake in my life. But I played in the church softball team last year and uh, I hadn't played in like 25 years. So you're thinking back as a 30 something year old, right? Now I'm 52 and I'm thinking back, oh, this should be right. I, first time around the base, I pulled my hamstring. I pulled both quad muscles. I'm laying in the dirt. They had to call the ambulance. I mean, it, it was just crazy. You know, I'm just, but you know, you're thinking in your mind, well, I could, you know, and then you're seeing all these young, you know, my son Wesley playing his thing and he's running around. You know, it's just like, you're like, wait a minute. But I mean, you know, we can't do the things we used to do when we were younger, even though we may think foolishly think that. See, the, the earth, Paul says here in these verses, was subjected to the fall of man. As a result, we have weeds and things die and things decay We live with the cycle of life and death as well as nature. So we all suffer from something, don't we? Amen? We do. We all suffer from something. Maybe it's your past. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's the person you're sitting next to. I don't know. I don't know what you're (laughs) suffering with right now in your life, right? Um, but, but But Paul says, listen... Paul, Paul tells us, yes, we're, we're, we're growing older. Uh, we have this consistent problem of weeds. And with all that, with all that, there's still hope. And so what Paul tells us here is he says, creation waits with this eager expectation that God will restore all things. Isn't that amazing? 
Even as we, we, we groan and we, we're frustrated, Paul tells us, listen, even with creation, they eagerly await the restoration of all things with man. Even in the midst of an uncertain world, we can still have hope. I like what uh, Tim Keller says here. He says, in this creation, no experience is untainted by pain, but none of this is the last word. Can I just tell you that whatever you're going through today is not the last word. You, listen, I don't, I don't care if you put that on your refrigerator or put it on the mirror in your bathroom. You need to remind yourself every single day that what you're going through is not the last word in your, in your life. That's the hope. Listen to me. That's the hope that we have in Christ. It may feel that way. It may feel devastating to you. You may feel like, how am I going to get out of this? What's going to happen to me? Listen, in Christ Jesus, Paul's saying that circumstance, the thing going on in your life, I don't care what it is, health, financial, whatever it is, relationship, does not have the last word over those who are in Christ Jesus. Remind yourself of that. Encourage yourself in that. And so, and so even though we groan inwardly at times, we have a hope that will come. And so there's this tension. There's a tension that we live in. We live in a broken world. We live with broken people. We are broken people, which we are one of them. Yet we eagerly wait for full redemption. So the question we need to ask ourselves is, how can we still have hope in the midst of a dying world? And how can we still have confidence um, for a sure future? So practically... Pastor, how do I do this? Because, man, my, my situation seems so overwhelming. How, you know, how can I still have hope? And, and how can we still have confidence in a sure future? How do, I, how do I make it through this? Well, here's what Paul, Paul answers this question for all of us here, especially when you're following Christ. He answers this question. Paul tells us we have the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, which comes in every believer's life at the point of salvation, it's, it's, it's a deposit in our life guaranteeing us of what is to come, our full redemption. When we get to heaven, we will, we will be like him and, and, and we will be restored. Um, Paul tells us that God gives us the spirit of God as a, as a first fruit. And basically what he's saying is this first fruit, it, it's a foretaste of what ultimately will come. So he goes, you, you have this first fruit within your life that gives you this hope to endure the circumstances you're going through. It's the Holy Spirit within us. So the Spirit actually makes us come alive. The Spirit helps us to become more like Jesus. So what the Holy Spirit does, Paul's saying, is the Holy Spirit reminds us that the best is yet to come. And one day the, the pain of the past will be no more. So you may be thinking to yourself, I was with someone who, who the other day in the hospital who just a lovely believer of God, and he's going through a very difficult time, a, a health struggle, and we had a beautiful conversation. This gentleman's in his 80s, and his mind is sharp as a, sh- sharp as a tack, can beat anybody at Jeopardy, just needs to go on the show. He's just smart as a tack, loves the Lord. And we just talked, and... And even through his pain, you could just see the hope that he has in Christ. There, there's this assurance, even in the midst of this pain and, and, and what he's going through, 
is that his hope is in Christ. And it was so encouraging to me when I left this hospital room because I'm like, there's a person who the Holy Spirit has, has indwelled and has given him hope in what other, otherwise would seem, you know, just, just down and, and hopeless. But it's given him hope. And that's the deposit of the Holy Spirit, guarantee of what is to come, that even though our bodies may break down in this world, we have the Holy Spirit as a deposit, knowing that even though we die, we will live. And that the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 Writing to the Corinthians, we say, well, 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 Paul, what happens after we die? And Paul, First Corinthians 15 is great. Read it. It's just so much hope about the afterlife. And, and, and to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that, and that one day, that which was mortal is, is going to take on immortality. That which was corrupted, these bodies which are corruptible, is going to take on incorruption. We will have new bodies. No more, no more aching knees. No more waking up with your back pain. Can you tell I'm 52, right? I'm, the older I get, the more you're going to hear my aches and pains. So just get over it, okay? Because that's, that's where I'm at right now. The older you get and you get with your friends, that's all you talk about are all your doctor's appointments and all your aches and your pains because that's all we have left. But anyways, but we have this hope, right? We have this hope that in their aches and pains and whatever we may go through, the deposit of the Holy Spirit that gives us this hope that we will all be changed. So, so here's the thing. What, what does it mean that, that, that life will not be difficult at times? What does that mean? Because life will be difficult at times. And so we're trying to think, do we just like fake it and just say, okay, it's not difficult. And you know, I'm just, God just blocked this out of my mind. No, we understand that life will be difficult at times. And that doesn't mean that God takes us out of every situation and we never feel pain or suffering. That's not what it means. But what, what makes the difference is for those whose hope is in God is their perspective. This life now is put into the right perspective with heaven always at the forefront of our minds. There's, there's the difference. So I want you to look at verse 18 again, because what Paul says here is, he says, I consider that our present suffering are not worth comparing with the future glory that will be revealed in us. What is Paul saying here? Is, is Paul saying that God just does this mental block in our mind so we're not feeling the pain or just lets us think about heaven and then I don't experience what I'm going through? No, we'll experience the suffering that we're going through, but it's a, with a different perspective that even though I might be going through this thing right now, my perspective is different because now my mind is set on heaven that this isn't all that there is. That my hope is that this is just for a moment. And in comparison to heaven, it's not even worth thinking about. I, Lee Strobel will give a great illustration to explain this. And it just, it, it worked for me because I, you know, I, it just, I need things simply stated to me to understand. So I love this. It, it, it's a great story. Suppose, let's just say this. Suppose on January 1st, beginning of a new year, everything went haywire in your life. Just suppose, just suppose beginning of the new year, you, you experienced the worst day of your life. You had to have an emergency root canal. On that day. And then halfway through it, the anesthesia wears out 
and you felt the pain and then you get done with that and then and then you get into your car and then you get into a car accident. I don't know if you actually should be driving if you're in anesthesia, but let's just say you did. Let's just say you're driving and you got in a car accident. You totaled the car. You're okay, but you totaled your car and the other car you hit, you totaled that car too, but that person was okay and come to find out that other person was your wife. So now you, you know, you've got these two total cars and then you get, then you get home and then there's this foreclosure notice on your home. Um, and then you notice you got a text uh, from your boss and you're hoping, oh, good news for my boss. And the boss texts me and says, you know what? Don't bother coming in the next day because your job is eliminated. You know, worst day ever, just worst day ever. And let's just say on January 2nd, things start to look up. You open your email and you read that you had this rich uncle you never knew about who just left you $42 million. You buy your dream car. You have the huge house built, not realizing as you built your house, your next door neighbor was Michael Jordan. He's always coming to your house to want to play basketball. Like, okay, Michael, not today. Will you stop bugging me? I don't care if you brought LeBron James with you. You know, come, stop bugging me, okay? I don't want to play horse with you. Okay, I'm, you know, I'm getting bored with this. Okay, and then you have this in, incredible year. And let's just say on December 31st, the last day of the year, your friend asks you, how was your year? And then you say, well, let me tell you about it. You know, it was just the best. You want to come over and shoot hoops with Michael? You know, I mean, you know, it's just the best year ever. And, the, and the, your friend goes, well, man, I'm going to read in your Facebook post and Man, on January 1st, it didn't sound like it was something. You had a root canal, car accident, you lost your job, you lost your own boy. He goes, oh, oh, forget about that. Yeah, that was a rough day, but compared with the whole year, it's not even worth comparing. So I want you to realize that's what our time on earth is going to be like in comparison to when we get to heaven. And, and I think for some of us, it's, it's hard for us to see that, but I want you to realize that Paul is right. It, it's momentary. These afflictions we have are just momentary in comparison to what we see in heaven. I think we have to remind ourselves of that, that this the earth right now is not heaven. That this is not our home. And I think we forget about heaven. I think we, we forget about what we have in store for those who have put their hope in Christ Jesus. And I just want to remind you that I, I don't want to minimize what we go through here on earth, but I want to remind you that God does use it for his purpose if we allow him to do it. And it reminds us how wonderful and glorious heaven will be, that the things we experience here on earth are not going to be wasted. God is not wasting your suffering He's actually using it to allow you to grow and to become more dependent on him so that you experience his glory and his constant care in your life each and every day that we would never experience, experience otherwise. So I want you to know he does care for you and that we can cast our cares at his feet because he does care for us. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're being disciplined or God's mad at you or God hates you because why God, why are you allowing me to go through these things? Sometimes God just allows us to go through these things because he wants us to experience his love and his grace in a deeper way than otherwise we could not. And that's hard to understand, but this is what Paul is saying. He does work all things out for his glory and his good. And we're going to get into that as we proceed in these chapters of Romans. And so Paul compares our present suffering or, or this life actually with, with, with child 
birth. So he, he compares this. So from, from what I understand, it's what I, what I understand, uh, and I haven't experienced either one of these. Okay. So from what I understand, the most painful experience are childbirth and passing a kidney stone. Okay. Some of you are saying, uh-huh, start preaching to me now, pastor. I hear you now. I, I've not experienced either once. I don't know. Um, now, now ladies, I'm just saying, that's what I understand. Okay. So kidney stone, uh, childbirth. Now, not experienced either one. Uh, I was uh, at the birth of all of my children. I coached Kathleen through all these births. And can I just say one thing? Let me just say one thing through all these births. I was actually amazing. I was amazing. Um, I'm just teasing you. Kathleen was a trooper. I was passed out on the floor for most of them. So I don't even know what happened. Did they come out? Are they okay? So they wake up and give me smelling salts. Um, but if you think about from a, from a, from a purely physical side, um, those two experiences are, ex- are extremely painful. Can I get an amen from some of you that have gone through it? Okay, so they are. But, but the perspective, now, now catch me here, the perspective of each experience is vastly different. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let, let, me, let me drill down a little deeper. It's interesting that a mother, after giving birth and holding the baby, might say, let's have another after they ex- experience this extreme, extreme pain. Yet on the other hand, someone who passes a kidney stone, I've never heard anyone say, boy, I hope God blesses me with another one. <laughs> never. You don't hear it. I, you, you just don't hear it at all. So what, what Paul is telling us is that when we put our hope in Christ. Listen to me. Listen to me closely. We process our suffering in a different way. This is, this is amazing. This, this is amazing. Not in a way that is without hope now. See, we hope it's only for a short time. And in comparison with eternity, it will only seem like a moment. We process our suffering now, completely different because we, we, we are not without hope. Listen, hope is everything. It, listen, for some of you that, that are struggling this week with some situations in your life, don't lose hope. Hope is everything. And our hope isn't this wishful thinking that we, that, that we hope it works. Our hope is in the confidence that God is working for our good, even though you may not see it. You, The hope is the thing that keeps you going. Here's the thing that God supplies to each and every one of us who are followers of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Paul says we have this helper now. We have one that intercedes for us, that works on our behalf, that when we're weak, the spirit is within us. And so Paul, and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to really drill down next week and how the Holy Spirit's our intercessor. And we're going to really talk about prayer next week. You cannot miss next week. Everybody raise your right hand and say, Pastor, I will not miss next week. Okay, so good. So you got to come next week because I'm not putting the message online. So you can't <laughs> cheat on me, okay? Just teasing, just teasing, just teasing. So, so here's the thing. Paul says we have this help. So I want to give you three quick things as we just close. I want to give you three quick things as we close. And we're going to close in, in song today. Here, here are three things the Holy Spirit does for us. So realize you have this hope. The Holy Spirit's our encourager. He, he's he's going to encourage you 
through your time of suffering. So you rely on the presence of the Holy Spirit within you to encourage you, to encourage you in God's word. There's going to be people that are going to come and just say, you know what, I just was praying for you. I know you're going through this difficult time. And you're like, what? Really? That's the Holy Spirit. There's going to be others that are going to be praying for you. But your Holy Spirit should encourage you. He's going to encourage you not to lose hope, not to give up. The second thing the Holy Spirit is it points us forward. It doesn't allow us to be immersed in our sorrow and our hopelessness, but the Holy Spirit drives us forward to look to what we have in Christ. And so the Holy Spirit will not cause you to look backwards and, and, and to look at all the hopelessness in the wake of whatever decisions or bad decisions you make. The Holy Spirit points us forward to what we have in Christ Jesus. And then the third thing the Holy Spirit is this. This is what Paul says here as we finished up those verses. The Holy Spirit gives us the patience to wait. The Holy Spirit gives us the patience to wait because now we're relying on God and his power to say, okay, God, yeah, I I wish I could get through this thing yesterday, but I know you're going to be with me. So please give me the patience to endure, not in my strength, but in the strength of what you have for me in the Holy Spirit. And so here's the question I want to ask you today. Here's a question I, I want to ask you today. What is the one thing in your life that has you discouraged right now? What is the one thing that you can say, man, this one thing has me discouraged. And so I I, I want you to, we're going to do a couple things here today as we close in in song. Um, I I want to be able to, to, you to know that you're not alone in your struggle. We, how many know we need each other as the church? And I think when we isolate ourselves is when we become more hopeless. When we isolate ourselves I believe we open up ourselves to more of the attack of the enemy and just negative thoughts, and, and, and that's not a good place to be. We, we need each other. We need to bear one another's burdens. We're, we're, we fulfill the law of Christ, the law of love, when we do that. So a couple of things. If there's something you're going through, I, I really want you to take that step of faith. And, you know, we all have, the, there, there's that prayer card um, in front of your, your seat there. Um, take time after the service to fill that out and just say, this is the one thing I'm going through and I just need prayer for this. I need, I absolutely need people praying for me and every single Tuesday we pray for every single one of those prayer cards. We do. We're faithful to do that. You fill out a card, we're praying for you. And so I, I want you to take that step to fill that card and say, this is the one thing I'm going through and I just need prayer for it. Just, just be honest and, and give that to the Lord and we want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. And the second thing I want you to do is I I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to give you a new perspective in your situation. Just pray. Say, Holy Spirit, I'm so immersed in this thing right now. Man, I'm losing sleep. I'm losing my hair. I can't eat. (laughs) You ever ever felt that way? And you're just down today. I want to encourage you today to know that God has not forgotten you and what you're going through. And so what we're going to do is we're going to close in prayer. I love this song. And uh, we're just going to sing it to the Lord. However you respond today is how you respond to what God is leading. If you want to come up front and just kneel at the altars today to give whatever you need to give to the Lord today, you respond however God wants you to respond. Whatever that thing is that you're going through, we're going we're gonna to pray that God just gives you the patience to wait. That God would uh, give you a new, fresh perspective. That you would walk out of this place going, okay, God, you got my attention. You got me. And I'm going to trust you because I know that you're trustworthy. So could we do that today? 
and, and I don't want anyone to walk out this place without knowing that you're cared for, that God is for you and he's not against you. So would you stand with me and let's just pray and then we're going we're gonna to just end in response to this song today and however the Lord's leading you to respond and then you allow the Lord to do that and we want to just stand with you with that. So let, let's just pray. Lord, thank you for your word. God, you know what every single person is going through in this place. You know what they're struggling with, but our thank you for the hope that we have that we see in your word today that, that God, you don't waste our suffering. That God, ultimately, you give us the Holy Spirit, which gives us that comfort that allows us to see forward, that gives us the patience to wait on you. And so we can't do it on our own, God. I, I can't do this. I, we need your help. And so we surrender our lives to you. And Lord, as we sing the words of the song, may this be our prayer today. And may it be a gentle reminder that you are in the waiting. That even though uh, we may feel alone and we may feel you're not there, you are there. You just want us to press in to know that God, you're, you're faithful and that your promises are true. So Lord, thank you for being a faithful God and that you do work out all things for your good, for those that have been called according to your purposes, Lord, for those who love you, God, you're not giving up on us. And so, Lord, we're, we're going to trust you. So give us, just give us strength and your Holy Spirit to see our situation with the right perspective the way you do. So thank you for never giving us up on us, Lord, and giving us the hope that we need in Christ Jesus today. Just careful, so careful to ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' precious name. Amen? 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 Let's sing this. Let's make it our prayer today.